Ivan, it is finished. The reason Brother Jet and I were laughing just a little bit, some of the choir members were frowning and squinting, is because the Xeroxer ran out of black stuff and it didn't put much print on that paper. And uh, as a result, some of our people who wear glasses or ought to wear glasses, their arms weren't long enough and there wasn't enough light to be able to see what they were singing. But I thought they did a tremendous job. Amen? It is finished. What a message. Turn in your Bibles, please, to Hebrews chapter 9. Speaking on the subject today is Christ, our mediator. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 24 through 28. Hebrews chapter 9, share your Bibles one with the other. Trust God for speaking to each of our hearts today. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 24, For Christ is not entered into the holy place made with hands, which are the figures of the truth, but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. Nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entereth into the holy place every year with blood of others. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world, but now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed unto man once to die, and but after this the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin, Unto salvation shall we pray. Our fathers speak to our hearts today, and may the Holy Spirit take the word of God and teach us what we need to know about a mediator. Bless, we pray, and open the minds and the hearts of individuals to receive thy word today, and then at the invitation, may they do what they ought to in receiving Christ or in submitting unto thee. Bless, we pray, this service for your glory and honor. We ask it in Jesus' name, our mediator. Amen. Now, in the Old Testament, the Bible tells us how that in the Garden of Eden, sin entered into the human race. And the book of Romans tells us how that by one man sin entered into the world Death is passed upon all men, for all have sinned. Early in the history of man, God provided a salvation for mankind. That salvation demanded a blood sacrifice. From the Garden of Eden all through the Old Testament, the blood of bulls and goats and lambs and pigeons and, and uh, turtle dove were sacrificed and offered upon altars for an atonement for their sin. But the blood of bulls and goats and animals and birds cannot take away sin. But God had ordained a mediator. He ordained a redeemer. 
he said he was going to send his son, one that would be the perfect sacrifice, and he would shed his blood that would actually take away and wash away and cover, atone, and redeem us from our sin. Until that time, there was a period of approximately 4,000 years that people who believed in God, they were redeemed, they were saved by faith like you and me, looking forward to the day and the time when God would send the Savior into the world. There was about 1,500 years which covered the Jewish economy. Included in that is the tabernacle that was given to Moses. Later it was transformed into a permanent type of a building called the temple under Solomon. But the sacrifices and the order of the people were all the same. God ordained that a certain tribe by the tribe of Levi would be the, the workers in the matter of redemption and in the matter of religion or the matter of the way to God. And out of that tribe of Levi's were chosen men who would take care of different things in the tabernacle and later the temple. And out of those men, God chose a priest, or he chose a number of priests, and they had their activities. Out of all of those priests, with all of their qualifications, not only did they have to be a Levi, they had to be a man, they had to be a man without certain blemishes, they had to be, uh, they had order of clean, uh, cleaning, they had order of garments, and then out of that number of a great number of priests, they chose one who would be the high priest. And only the high priest, there was no other man in the kingdom that could take his place. This high priest was the only mediator, the only man that could take the blood of the sacrifice, the atonement, once a year. First he would make it for himself, and then he would make an offering, and he would take the blood, and he would go from the brazen altar into the holy place, and then under the curtain into the holy of holies, where that God ordained that only the high priest one time a year would take that blood for himself first and for the others, and then there upon the altar and the mercy seat in the Holy of Holies, he would sprinkle the blood of bulls and goats for others and himself one time a year, and then God would roll their sins forward one more year. And that just happened over and over and over. And when you study about the animals that were sacrificed, 
there was literally a river of blood as it would flow and every sacrifice, every drop of blood looked forward to the day when God would send his Savior, his Redeemer, his High Priest, his Mediator, because you cannot separate the word Mediator from the High Priest. And today I want to pinpoint that thought of Mediators. And all of the people and all of the sacrifices and all of the priests and all of the Mediators in the Old Testament they were a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ because sinful man needs a mediator between him and a holy God. And so today we find that the Bible teaches, and I want you to share your Bibles one with the other. There are four things that I want you to notice that the Bible teaches that for a mediator to be accepted by God, he must be one, first of all, that is designated by God. You remember Saul, when Samuel was the high priest. Saul was in trouble. He needed to make an offering. He needed to, to have a have a sacrifice. He needed a mediator. And when he could not find Samuel, he personally killed an animal and went into the Holy of Holies. And for that sin, God rejected him as king of Israel. Whether Saul was saved or not is a, is a great theological question. I could argue it either way but we'll have about have to wait until we get to heaven. But the point is that God rejected that man because he intruded into the office of the high priest and there was only one that was able to be the high priest and that was Samuel at that particular time. And Samuel became upset because he was designated by God and today, a mediator between you and God cannot be somebody that says, Hey, I'm a mediator. Come and tell me your problems and, and all of this. It must be one that is designated by God. Now, who, according to the Bible, did God designate to be the mediator? Look, if you would, please, to chapter 9 of the book of Hebrews, verse 15. Hold your place in Hebrews. We may leave it once in a while, but we'll always come back. In Hebrews 9.15, And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament. Now that is definitely talking about uh, Christ. In chapter 8, verse 6, But now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry, by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant. First Timothy, hold your place in Hebrews, back a couple of pages, eight or ten, uh, back to First Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, God names this priest. God names this mediator. 
In the Bible, there's only one that was designated as the mediator. And it was not Peter, it was not Mary, it was Jesus Christ. It is in your Bible, if you have a Roman Catholic Bible, you that may belong to the Catholic Church, if you will look in your Bible to 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse, well, let's look at verse 3. For this is good, and if it isn't according to the Bible, it's bad. For this is good and acceptable. If it's not according to the Bible, it is not acceptable to God. In the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth, for there is one God and one mediator. How many mediators? One. The Bible says there is one God. Can you add more gods to that without getting into polygamy? Certainly not. There is only one God, and the same verse tells us, and one mediator between God and men, the man, not the woman, but the man, Christ Jesus. He is the one, no one else. Here's the Bible. See if you can find any other mediator in that book. I challenge you to take your Bible and find any place in there that it names or that you can designate another person to be a mediator. And the Bible is silent. There is no other mediator because it is so explicit so plain, so simple that even a wayfaring man may not err therein. Even a child need not to stumble because it is so clear and so plain that Christ Jesus is the only mediator. Now let's proceed on because we know that in today's societies people are taught other mediators but only Christ is the good and acceptable mediator. Back to Hebrews chapter 7. In Hebrews chapter 7, we find the second thing that is required of a mediator to be good and accepted by God. The second thing is that the mediator must be one without sin. One without sin. Not one that was saved and redeemed from sin and now is a sinner saved by God's grace wherein all of us can fit. But the one mediator between God and man must be a perfect man. He must never have been able to sin in all of his life. And we find again in Hebrews seven twenty six and 27 for such an high priest became us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens, who needeth not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifices first for his own sins and then for the people's. For this he did once when he offered up himself, and that is for 
our sins only. In 2 Corinthians, holding your place in Hebrews, turning back to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. For he hath made that has not sinned. Even the great apostle Peter, in all of the good things and how tremendously God used him, cannot possibly be your mediator. If St. Peter is your patron saint, you are in trouble. Because Peter said, not turning there, but you can find it, you can write this down, Luke chapter 5, verse 8, after a miracle took place and Peter was involved in unbelief, he fell before Jesus and these were his words, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. Even the Apostle Paul, with all of his uh, church planting all over the, the islands or all over the uh, continent of Asia and, and Eastern Europe, when he started those churches, we find that even Paul cannot be your mediator. He was never a mediator in any of those churches that he went to because the Bible says, as he wrote to his son in the ministry, Timothy, he said, Timothy, he said, it's a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came to save sinners of whom I am. He did not say was, but he said, I am chief. He was the chiefest of sinners. He cannot be our mediator. He needs a mediator just like you and me. Even Mary, with all of her virtues. And I'd like for you to turn there in Luke chapter 1. It was Mary's own testimony that she said in Luke chapter 1 verse 46, And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my Savior hath rejoiced in God my Savior. Only sinners need a Savior. And though Mary was a virgin, and from Mary she gave birth to the Son of God who knew no sin, yet she herself was not in some uh, puzzling way kept from sin. No, my friend, she was just a normal person. She was a regular baby born in a Jewish home, and she was under the umbrella of all that sinned and come short of the glory of God, and she recognized that, and she claimed this son that was to be born of her. She claimed him as her Savior. And shortly after Jesus was born, she again recognized that she was a sinner by going into the temple and there taking the blood of the turtle doves and offering it for her, her uncleanness because she was a sinner and she needed to be cleansed. Oh, I say to you, my friend, that there is no other mediator because there is no man or woman upon the face of the earth that has not committed sin except the Lord Jesus Christ. Foolish, foolish, 
foolish are the multitudes of people who are claiming this mediator, that mediator, come through this saint, go through this miracle worker, and you will find access to God when the Bible is so plain that Christ is the one mediator, he's been designated by God, he meets the requirement that he knew no sin, and thirdly, to be accepted, to be a good and acceptable mediator, one must die for us. Who died for you? Did Mary die for you? You don't even know how Mary died. We only know scattering remarks of, of history and tradition on how Peter died. We know how Paul died, but neither Peter nor Paul died for you and me. They died preaching the gospel. They died for the glory of God. They died for many causes. They died for the preaching of the gospel cause. That's the reason they died. But they did not die for your sins, nor did they die for my sins. The mediator that can stand between God and sinful man must be one designated sinless, and then he dies for mankind. That mediator was none other than Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 5, verse 8, that God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. What more do you want? Much more then. Being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Jesus did not die on the cross and then say to the apostles and the saints and, and to Mary, Now ye take over. No, Jesus died on the cross, and then not only that, he gave us much more. He said, For when we were enemies, we were reconciled by God through the death of his Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also join God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we now have received the atonement. He died for us. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11 through 15. We'll come back to this, he is mediator. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11. But Christ, the incoming high priest, of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, in other words, not of the temple or the tabernacle, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, that's in heaven, having obtained eternal redemption for us, not just a year, but eternal. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and of the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? And for this cause, he, not she, he is the mediator. He is the only mediator because he is designated by God, one without sin, and one who died for us 
Only Jesus died for us. And fourthly, and last, we find that the mediator to be good and acceptable must be one who continues. One who continues. One who just keeps going on. Now, in the Old Testament, they had about 1,500 years of high priest. I have no idea how many high priests they had during 1,500 years. But a priest was a high priest until he died. Until he died. Then they designated another high priest out of the tribe of Levi, out of those certain priests, out of uh, certain qualifications, God designated one of those men to be priest to offer the blood of bulls and of goats until Jesus came into the world. And when he died on the cross, the veil of the temple was torn in two. The way into the Holy of Holies that was only acceptable by the high priest was miraculously from the top to the bottom, not from the bottom to the top, but the top to the bottom was rent in twain, God showing that it was Christ that was the high priest, that the tabernacle worship, the temple worship, the, the holy of holy, the blood of bulls and of goats, and all of those offerings and ceremonies and sacrifices and clothing and ritualisms and, and uh, priests between uh, us and God, that day was over with. Jesus said it is finished on the cross. He made all of the types and shadows were gone. But now he was the mediator and the high priest. There is none other. You reject that, you reject God. You reject that, you reject the word of God. Because God designated his high priest the one that was fulfilling all these things, not just a type, not just a shadow, not just a picture, not just a symbol of what one coming and what was coming, but the very substance, not the shadows, but the very literal one himself came. And he came and died on the cross, but that is not all. He had to continue. Romans chapter 4 keeping your place in Hebrews, Romans chapter 4, verse 24 and 25. But for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. He died for our sins, but he did not stay dead. He Three days and three nights later, he arose from the dead. He is alive. He's not on the cross. He does not, as the Roman church tries to crucify him every year at Good Friday. And on Saturday they go around saying, God is dead. And I believe they believe it. I believe they believe it. Because when you and I as Baptist people, of course we do this every Sunday of the year, but on Easter Sunday morning, the Roman Catholics 
undoubtedly still believe that he's dead because they go out and eat and drink and be merry. They don't go to church. Very seldom do they go to church on Sunday morning. They have their, uh, they have their holy week. They build it up until they crucify the Lord of glory and they say that he's dead and they scold all the children for playing and having fun on Saturday because God is dead and we should recognize that God is dead. And then on Sunday morning they're out at the beach and, and uh, they don't have to close the traffic in front of the church because there's not that many people that go to church on Sunday morning. Why? Because they really believe that he's still dead. And that he undoubtedly must not be the mediator. We better get our theology from the Bible and not from tradition and not from religion, regardless of how popular it might be. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 23. Listen to what God says. And they truly were many priests, because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. They had to keep replacing him. Had to keep replacing him. He was a good priest, and boy, he was a good priest, but by and by, Patai they had to replace him. And no matter how good a priest might be or how bad he was, it wasn't long until they replaced him because he died. And he died. The story of the Old Testament was that he lived so many years and he died. 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 But Jesus arose from the dead and we have a great high priest. But this man, that's Jesus, because he continueth ever, hath an unchanging priesthood, Wherefore he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. He ever liveth to make intercession for them. Study the Old Testament and see the danger of trying to have a different mediator than the one that was designated to be the mediator couple of instances in the Bible where that somebody intruded into the post office and God killed them. God killed them. You don't mess with God. You don't just fool around with what God says. You better believe it. Whenever you go to a saint, whenever you go to a padre in a confessional, whenever you pray the rosary, whenever you uh, bow before the crucifix, and when you, when you go to God in and using other mediators, including unthing-unthings and all of your good luck charms and all of those many things, when you begin to think that you've got a certain mediator between you and God, you better be careful because you will have an angry God because you are rejecting His designated, sinless Savior who died for us and rose again for our justification. And so we find in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 1, Now of the things which we have spoken, this is the sum. This is the conclusion. This is the total addition of everything that we have spoken. Paul said, We have such an high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. This is none other than Jesus Christ. God's designated mediator who died for you, who rose again from the dead, who ascended back to the Father's right hand, and he sits there today waiting for sinners 
and even believers, whoever sinful mankind wants to approach the throne of God as a sinner or a saint of God, they must recognize that Christ is the one mediator between God and man, otherwise you are in deep trouble. Deep, deep trouble. Now, Peter and Paul and Mary all have died, and their scriptures say they have resurrected. Only Jesus continues. Which will you accept today? The Bible testimony or man's testimony? Remember, man is a sinner. He will lie. Man will lie to you. But not God. He doesn't change. And don't forget our Sunday school lesson today in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 8 where that it says that there is going to be a vengeance of flaming fire because there are people who know not, they know not, and my friend, you do not classify today as those who know not. You have received enough this morning in this Bible lesson to make you recognize that the Bible, which is God's Word, teaches there is only one mediator, and today you know enough that you cannot fall under the category of those who know not, and the other category is those that obey not. Obey not. When you learn enough truth, to recognize that you are in the wrong, God will hold you accountable to find the right. That's why on the day of Pentecost, thousands of people came to Peter, James, and John and the other disciples and said, Sirs, what must we do to be saved? Because what they had preached was contrary to what they were practicing. And if you are practicing other mediators, if you are practicing praying to the saints, bowing before the idols, going to the confessional box, praying over the rosary, and all of those many ways to be able to have another mediator than today, Turn from it. Go away from it. As Mrs. Schott and I were met at the, uh, when we were there in uh, Manila and Phillips picked us up and drove us up to uh, San Fernando, we drove down the Edsa. And I noticed two things. There on the Edsa, why there's a big statue of Mary. A huge, big old, ugly statue. It's the ugliest thing I ever did see. One of the writers in one of the papers, they, they made mention. He said, I don't blame the Methodists for complaining. He said, not only does that statue not represent the Protestants and the born-again ones and, and those, it does not even represent all of us as Catholics. He said, I personally believe that it looks like a statue of a... 
of a very discouraged Vietnamese refugee. And uh, he, he really had words of criticism. And I drove by and I couldn't help but uh, notice that it was such an ugly thing. But even if it was a beautiful thing, still it is out of place because that is a recognition that they are using Mary as a mediator between them and the Lord Jesus. And then on the way back to the airport, driving along, I looked up there by the Pasig River, and uh, there on the hillside, there were two large billboards. They must have been four meters high and 15 meters long each with a huge picture of the Pope. And there it was, the two, they had signs there that says, Jesus and Mary. Peace through Jesus and Mary. Now, don't tell me they don't use Mary as their mediator. And the Bible teaches there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. Now, today, what are you going to do with it? Well, there's only one practical thing for you to do with it is if you've been using any other person, you should reject it, you should turn from it, you should tell God you're sorry, you should repent of your sin, you should repent of your disobedience, and come and kneel at an old-fashioned altar of repentance and say, God, forgive me for having any other person between me and God and I will crown him king of my life. I'll crown him as my savior. He will be my mediator and no one else. Shall we stand for prayer? Our Heavenly Father, speak to hearts today. If there are those who have never been saved, may they not be offended today, but may they have learned something from thy word. And now... We believe there are a number of people in our congregation that know how to be saved, but they have never, they have never yet obeyed thee in repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. God help every sinner to be saved today. Help every person, whether it's a mother or a father, whether it is a son or a daughter, old or young, whether we have a good life or a very immoral life, Father's salvation comes only when the sinner submits himself to God's simple plan of salvation through repentance of his sin and a receiving of Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, only mediator between God and man, in whose name we pray, amen. We sing the first stanza of this song. Will you come as we sing? We sing page 46. 46, 46 in your songbook. I'm sorry. Page 46 in your songbook. And when we sing that invitation song, we have personal workers that will meet you here. So if you'd like to be saved, maybe even as a Christian, you've been careless and, and you've not been letting God have his way in your heart. You've been rebellious. You've just been careless. 
You've just been disobedient. As a Christian, you ought to come and say, Lord, with all of this opportunity, having a great high priest, I have not been coming to him with my problems and, and my concern. I've just been trying to get by with a lot of things and, and I haven't been happy and I haven't been successful. Why don't you come and come boldly to the throne of grace? He bid you come. And again, sinner friend, if you want to be saved, God will save you if you'll come. But if you won't come, when he says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest, if you won't come, there will be a day of, of vengeance. If in the Old Testament people were stoned to death because they disobeyed the law, the Bible says in Hebrews, how much more terrible do you think your punishment will be if you walk on the blood of Christ, you reject the blood of Jesus Christ? My friend, God is real. You may play games down here. You may play, you may play political games. You may play church games. You may play all sorts of games and dramas and make-believe and hypocrisy. But you don't fool God for a minute. Just as sure as you stand here, you'll stand before God. You'll be judged according to this book. According to this message that I preached unto you today, how do you stand? Do you need to come? Come as we sing the first stanza of this verse. Will you come? Will you come? Let God have his way in your heart. Will you say yes to God? Jesus is the mediator. He is the only mediator. You will be blessed or you will be cursed by God depending on how you stand before the Lord and for the Lord. How about it today? Amen. Someone else as we continue to sing. about you today. Are you where God would have you to be? God burdens your heart. He shows you what's right and wrong. Sometimes you don't want to do it. Sometimes you have no feeling, you have no desire to do what you know God tells you to do. Now, do you really believe that it's all right? Just because you don't like to do something? Just because you you just have feelings that you want to do something else? You think, you really believe that you're going to be off the hook. Who 
do you think God is? Do you think God is some old grandfather? And you are one of his favorite grandchildren? That you don't have to obey him, you don't have to follow his words, you don't have to do, oh my friend, you are in for one of the saddest conclusions of your life. If you've never been saved and you think God is going to give you another chance after you die, if you think that because you're not saved and you've had a hard time in your life that God's going to go easy on you, you will be the same as Judas and the rich man and, and the others who have died without Christ. You're going to die and in hell you will lift up your eyes being in torments. Why? Because you did not obey. You did not say yes to God. And child of God, after all of God's grace has been upon you and he's blessed you and he's gave you the knowledge of salvation and you've been saved and washed from, the, from your sins and you know heaven is an eternal home, do you really believe that you can just shut your eyes and say, well, I don't really want to tithe. I really don't want to tell others about the Lord. I don't want to separate from sin. I don't want to pray one for another. I don't want to quit my gossiping. I don't want to I don't want to do anything for God. I'll go to church when I feel like it, and when I don't feel like it, I'll just say, Well, God understands. My friend, I trust that this message today will not only render a hope in the heart of those who are hopeless and comfort those who need comfort and it will enlighten those who need to know the way of God but that it will also serve as a warning that you cannot you cannot get by with disobedience you may for a moment you may for a little while and you may think you get by with it for a long time, but there will come a day God says it's enough. I'm tired of your foolishness. I've blessed you. I've sent you warnings. I've told you about your lying and your cheating and your stealing. I've told you about your hypocrisy. I told you about all of these things that you are doing and you just took advantage and you continued in that same thing, there will come a day that God says, enough is enough, and you've had it, and the day of judgment will fall. We're going to sing one more verse.